Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo, always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios. This is the post-Christmas, pre-New Year's, second anniversary episode. And we're running a little bit on a skeleton crew today. Colleen has the day off, as well as a couple of our reporters. In fact, as you are listening to this, I'm enjoying the northern tundra, best known as Minnesota. So today we present an abbreviated features section and an extended in-studio interview with Mansfield Police Chief Tracy Aaron. Plus, a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win $25 in a gift card to Poured, the wine bar, with our Mansfield trivia question. We are Mansfield's only audio newspaper, delivered to your ears every Wednesday morning, and we thank you for being here with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll open up the features section. This is about Mansfield. Hey Mansfield, Sonia here from Wise Wellness. Did you know that Wise Wellness is now mobile? Yep, we have changed our business model to best serve our clients. That means you can order online and usually have it delivered within 24 hours or less. We're bringing the best CBD tinctures, topicals, edibles, and pet products directly to your door. Visit our website at wisewell.com to see our selection. That's W-Y-S-E-Well.com. Got pain? Need sleep? Does your pet have storm or separation anxiety? We've got you covered. Don't forget about our specialty, Tom's Treats. These little gems of goodness can help promote better sleep and overall wellness. With six main ingredients and no preservatives, they're the best around. Give us a call at 682-313-4767, visit the website, or reach out to us on social media to connect. As a thank you to the About Mansfield podcast listeners, Use the promo code AMPOD to buy one, get one free on our website. Again, that's wisewell.com. W-Y-S-E, well.com. Your logo or emblem defines who you are, so why not show it off with custom printed shirts? I'm Dana Wood with Ohana Screen Printing. We are a custom screen printing company and can print your design or help you create a new design. While t-shirts are our specialty, we can print on all kinds of apparel such as masks, hoodies, bags, you name it. Ohana means family, and that's exactly why we started Ohana Screen Printing, to bring our family and community together through creative expression. We look forward to adding you to our family. Rest assured that when you do business with Ohana Screen Printing, that your dollars stay local, as we are a family-owned business based right here in Mansfield. If you're part of a business, organization, or sports team looking to make a visual presence, hit us up on Facebook or ohanascreenprinting.com. That's ohanascreenprinting.com. Hi. I'm Orion Jean with Race to Kindness, and you're listening to About Mansfield. Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section. It's time right now for the Texas Health Tip of the Week, sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. And LaShonda Warner is here. She has some advice on taking care of your feet. LaShonda. Winter is finally here, and with that comes the cold weather. We're all spending more time inside, well except for this past holiday shopping season. But don't let that be an excuse to ignore your feet. Truth be told, it is extremely important to take care of your feet, especially during the winter. Freezing temperatures, damp socks, even frostbite are all concerns that need to be taken seriously. I hope with these four simple foot tips, you'll be able to ensure your feet stay healthy and protected this season. If the shoe fits, wear it. When shopping at the mall, spending time with your family, a night out, or hitting a ski slope, do not compromise comfort and safety. Protect your feet from blisters, calluses, and ankle injuries with the right shoes for the right occasion. 
Ideally, you want to buy boots that keep your feet warm, dry, and protected from damp conditions. Dampness can lead to fungal infections, so it is important to make sure your boots are well insulated. Foot sweat can also become a problem and cause your feet to freeze, which can lead to frostbite. So when picking the right pair of winter boots, remember to get all natural materials with breathable fabrics. Be pedicure safety conscious. Getting a pedicure is one of the most relaxing moments and a perfect getaway. From the deep massages to the hot bubbly water your achy feet are sitting in, it is definitely a great way to close out the week. While it is relaxing, you must remember when choosing a salon, make sure they are following proper sanitation practices and are licensed by the state. This will reduce your risk of contracting any bacterial infection such as MRSA. And if that happens, no worries. Our team members at Texas Health Mansfield will take great care of you. Tell them LaShonda sent you. Use foot cream to hydrate. During the cold months, it is so common for our skin to dry out. Why? Because the winter air itself, being dry, will absorb the moisture from your skin. Also, heaters can zap moisture from your body as well. To avoid any corns, calluses, and cracked heels, make sure you keep your feet adequately moisturized with a great quality foot cream. Our skin is the first line of defense and innate immune protection against any infection. Cracked skin and wounds are avenues for setting up an infection. Last but not least, listen to your feet. Do not let foot pain ruin your holiday winter fun. Make sure you inspect your feet regularly for any evidence of ingrown toenails, bruising, swelling, blisters, or even calluses. If you have any of these issues, please contact your podiatrist. I hope you all have enjoyed the holiday season so far. This is all for me this week. Stay healthy, Mansfield. On behalf of Texas Health Mansfield and reporting for About Mansfield podcast, I am LaShonda Warner. Happy New Year. See you in 2022. Shaken or stirred, you know it's always going to be good. Brian Certain is here serving up another holiday libation for his cocktail of the week. Brian? This week's cocktail of the week is the champagne margarita. What is a champagne margarita, you ask? A champagne margarita combines the wonderful flavors of champagne and margarita in one fun cocktail. Perfect for adding unique twist to your New Year's Eve celebration or your random Tuesday night. It's truly a different way to enjoy champagne. Well, a truly different way if we're going to be honest about drinking your sparkling white wine, if we're going to be exact, since most of us drink sparkling white wine, not true champagne from France. But I just wanted to get that out there so I don't get bombarded by champagne aficionados. So if you'd like to raise your glass on New Year's Eve, or again, on a random Tuesday night, with the limey zing of a margarita in your champagne glass, here's how. But don't worry about taking notes as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbongospel.com. Ingredients. You're going to need two ounces of a good silver tequila. You're going to need two limes. You're going to need one ounce of simple syrup or agave. You're going to need two ounces of Cointreau or triple sec. And you'll need two to four ounces of a sparkling white wine. Directions. You're going to cut one lime in half, and then out of that half, you're going to cut out two small slices. You're going to spread an equal mixture of sea salt and sugar into a separate saucer. You're going to use one slice of the lime to rim your glass. 
You're then going to dip the glass into the salt-sugar mixture to coat the rim and then set aside. You're then going to juice the half lime into a hand juicer and put that into the bottom of a cocktail shaker. You're going to cut the remaining lime into quarters and add them to the shaker. You're then going to add one ounce of agave or simple syrup to the shaker, and then you're going to muddle thoroughly until the juices are released. You're going to strain the juice mixture through a cocktail strainer into a pint glass and then discard the lime. You're going to return that strained lime juice back to the shaker, add the two ounces of tequila, the one ounce of Cointreau or triple sec, and add ice to the shaker. You're going to then cover and shake vigorously, again, for about 30 seconds. You're going to strain the mixture through a cocktail strainer into the prepared glass, and then top with sparkling white wine. You're going to garnish with that last reserve lime slice and serve immediately. The limey bubbles in your champagne margarita. Oh, and I encourage you to start New Year's Eve celebration early too. It's even more fun that way. Happy New Year to everybody. The Cocktail of the Week is proudly sponsored by The Vault, located at 2300 Matlock Road at the corner of Country Club and Matlock. Don't have all the ingredients for this week's champagne margarita? Head over to The Vault, where one of their craftsmen will shake, stir, strain, and muddle the featured About Mansfield Cocktail of the Week. As always, I'm open to hear your take and your input. You can reach me at bourbongospel at gmail.com. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain. And you're still not. Congratulations to Karen Payton, who was the first person to email the words Merry Christmas to us. Karen has just won a $25 gift card to Poured the Wine Bar. After we take this break, we'll come back with this week's trivia question. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. The Texas Health Tip of the Week was sponsored by Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, located at 287 and Lone Star Road. Introducing Texas Health Hospital Mansfield, an all-new, all-modern healthcare campus, now serving Mansfield and our nearby communities. With advanced care for women and infants, orthopedics, heart and vascular, a 24-7 ER, and more. Experience care you'll love right where you love living. Texas Health Mansfield, now open at 287 and Lone Star Road. Learn more at texashealth.org backslash Mansfield. Hey, it's Steve Casillo, and I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities. Can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows, such as Ask Philip, On the Mark, Grown and Unfiltered, and Daughter of the Other Woman, just to name a few, and handles post-production duties for remote clients such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and epic voices and conversations from Palm Springs. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 right here in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and you get to record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast or if you're just looking for a better place to record podcast mansfield recording studio can be found on the internet at podcastmansfield.com that's podcastmansfield.com
Com. Hi, I'm Katie Hayes, pastor of Galileo Church, and you're listening to About Mansfield. It's time right now for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. The first person to email the correct answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com will receive a $25 gift card to Poured, the wine bar featuring wine, beer, and bubbly, and an extended food menu in a relaxed atmosphere. Check them out on the web at PouredTX.com. Let's get to this week's question. Illness and family emergencies happen to just about everyone, including school-aged kids. This week's trivia question is, how many absences does the Mansfield ISD allow in one school year? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, how many absences does the Mansfield ISD allow in one school year? Good luck and thanks to Carol at Poured for the gift card. Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo as we make the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, this is a gentleman that I've wanted on the show for quite some time. And I'm not sure if it's because uh, he's been avoiding me or if he just happens to have a schedule that's a little different than mine. But I'm thinking that it's the latter. Uh, we have here in the studio today, uh, and uh, it is an honor to welcome the Mansfield Police Chief, Tracy Aaron, to About Mansfield. Well, thank you very much, Steve. You know that I have to say it has to be the latter. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> You're not avoiding me. I want to clear that up, that I am not avoiding you. Uh, I'll call you a friend, and, yep. and I was, uh, I'm very appreciative of the, of the invite, and I know, that it's, I know that you've extended that invite a couple of times, and I was not able to make that, so I'm glad to be here this morning. Do you remember the day we met? Because I do. Yeah, do you? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, I feel like I've it's, met you several times, so tell me well, about the day okay, that we met. Okay, the first time we met uh, was on the stage of Mellow Mushroom on their very first day that they opened, and my old music partner and I, Scott Wellmaker and yes. I, were dressed in uh, prison garb orange jumpsuits, and our way of being introduced to the audience was you. Now I remember that. Bringing us out on stage with our, our our arms, our hands behind our back, and if I'm not mistaken, didn't I supply the orange jumpsuits? No, I didn't. Okay. No, I I bought no. them off of some uh, eBay or something. But I do remember that. Golly, that's been a yeah. while, hadn't it? It's been a uh, what they uh, what the kids say a hot minute. Yeah, yeah it's been a hot minute. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you um, you were about three four weeks ago the subject of the About Mansfield trivia question. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. And the trivia question was very simply, who is the current chief of police for the city of Mansfield? Wow. Did they get that right? Uh, yeah. A lot of people got it right, but only one person won the $25 gift card that, that goes along with it. Oh, but nice. you, how does it feel to be a trivia question? Man, I tell you what, I've never been a trivia question before. So uh, I, I think it should be an honor to be a trivia question, right? <laughs> I've yet to be a trivia question, so so you are uh, you're you're put in a different category than well. Well, there you go. I'm going to have to tell my wife and grandkids that now I have. I'm also a trivia question, uh, among other things. Right. That's right. And you will also be. Uh, this interview will be airing on our two year anniversary. Oh, so so now you're you're part of something special. Oh well, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be a part of that. You know, I, as I walk, as I uh, grab my coffee this morning and made my way over here, I had no idea that I was going to be on the on the anniversary date. Yeah. So 
Yeah, so, there's that. So let's find out a little bit about Tracy Aaron, okay. and that's really the purpose of having you here. It's it's uh, for the listeners here. We're not going to get into uh, controversial stuff about the police department or what have you. This is a this is a feature about the chief, and and so. The little bit that I know about you, you were born fairly local to here. Uh, where were you born? I was born in Fort Worth, Texas. Fort Worth, fairly close yeah, to, fairly to, close to, to Mansfield. Did, uh, where'd you go to school? I went to Everman High School. My wife and I both graduated from Everman High School in, in 1984. 80, you're a young man. Yes, sir. You know, I have to say that uh, it was different in 84. In uh, 1984, believe it or not, I was a volunteer fireman. Huh. And uh, and then in those days, you could leave school to go to a fire call. So we carried pagers in school, and our pager would go off, me and a couple other guys, and we would leave and go to the volunteer fire department there in Everman and grab a truck and go fight a fire somewhere. And somehow or another, I, I moved to the blue side. I was going to ask, so why why didn't you become a fireman? Well, you know, it was one of those things that I had thought about uh, that I, I did consider that early on, and uh, and after considering all my options, I literally jumped into the police department side of it. Now I have to say that my son is a fireman paramedic here. Oh, nice! Here in Mansfield, and ironically enough, one of the questions that he was asked in his interview was, "Tell me," the the fire chief said, "Tell me something uh, about Mansfield that I don't know." And my son was able to say, what you probably don't know is that my dad, the police chief, used to be a volunteer fireman. And and so I, I think he got some points on that. I don't that know. It either counted good. against him or for him. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he ended up getting the job after all. I was watching a TV show, a, a police TV show the other day, and a teenager was on a ride-along with a couple of detectives. And the question from the teenager to one of the detectives was what made you want to become a police officer and the the first one was kind of a snarky answer but he says i was afraid of putting out fires well there's that you know i, I have some family members that were in law enforcement my uncle was uh, was a was a police officer and i and i rode out with him as a small kid and uh, I knew a lot of other people that were in law enforcement so it always intrigued me and uh, so in 1987 I went to Texas A and M Police Academy. They used to have an academy in Arlington, Texas, and uh, and that's where I graduated. My police academy friend was was from there in in 1987. Believe it or not, uh, in '87, whenever you became a police officer, you did not have to go to the academy first. You could work for up to a year before you completed the academy, and uh, that was kind of scary to me, right? Because oh yeah. I go in, I get sworn in, I get a gun and a badge, and they they said, you know, plan on showing up for, for training tomorrow. And I uh, said, well, do, do you not go to academy? And they, oh, yeah, you go to academy, but you got a year to do that. And I thought to myself, <laughs> wow, that is, I wasn't expecting that, right? And so uh, I started off in law enforcement in Everman. So. Let's go back to Everman High School. What are you doing on a Friday night when uh, it's not football season? So uh, a, a typical Friday night uh, in in Everman. In in the eighties. In the eighties. Oh wow. Well, I'm I'm I've probably got my girlfriend, who's my wife now, in my truck. Okay. And uh, you know, back in those days, you you cruised um, uh, Cooper Street. You know, you, you certainly did that right. in Arlington. And if you weren't there, you were at Taco Bell. Um, over off of uh, Sycamore School Road. 
Did you have any activities, uh, extracurricular activities? Uh, did you play sports, band, uh, key club? <laughs> you know, my only sport back then was was working. Yeah, uh, I worked for my dad growing up. He, my dad was an electrician, and uh, uh, and so I worked for him uh, all through high school, and 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 even after high school as well. So. I uh, we have a family business now that's, that's that that we have and uh, and I'm still a licensed electrician, believe it or not. Wow! Yeah. So that's something about the city of Mansfield that most people don't know. Yeah. And if the fire chief ever asks me, tell me something about Mansfield that I don't know. There's there's that. Yes, sir. After high school, college. Yes, sir. Well, right. that was much later on, and oh. so much much later uh, was jumping into college, and eventually I'm. I, I I finally get my master's degree from Tarleton State University as a, as a criminal justice major, and uh, that was something I was very proud of. But but it took me years to get there uh, because with kids and life and and working and so forth, it mm-hmm. it it took a little while to get there. And you know that being said, I I've got three grown boys and four grandbaby girls and one uh-huh. grandbaby boy, and a, and a wife of thirty six years that I'm very proud of. So, uh, uh, so yeah, you know, life itself intervened, and so it took me a lot longer to get that done than 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 I would have ever expected. Do you have siblings? Yes, two brothers. One's actually a truck driver, and one's still an electrician. Yeah, so one owns his own truck and uh, and runs uh, long hauls, and then my other brother, my oldest brother, he is still in the electrical field. Based on the family business. No, he's actually no? he's actually working for another person and he does okay. a lot of out of state work. Nice. So he's a traveling electrician. Does a lot of travel. What was it that got you into law enforcement? You mentioned now that you were a volunteer fireman. Mm-hmm. What took you along the path to uh, to become the the uh, law enforcement? Well, I was always intrigued with law enforcement myself. Growing up, I was always intrigued with law enforcement. Um I feel like that I've always had a servant heart. Um, I was a mission director for our church for six years, um, the volunteer fire department, all of those kinds of things. And so it seems like that it was a natural path for me, uh, especially having uh, you know an uncle and some other family members that were in law enforcement. Uh, it, it just felt like a natural path for me. And uh, where where did you get your first law enforcement job? It was in Everman. In Everman. Yes, sir. For the Everman Police Department. Yes, sir. So it was in Everman. I was there for two years and had an opportunity to come to Mansfield in 1989 and uh, came to Mansfield in 89. As an officer? Yes, sir. And, and, was, and, and, and of course, Mansfield looked a lot different in 1989. That was before I moved here. And uh, that was long before I moved here. 89, you're probably looking at, what, probably less than 10,000 people? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. There's times that you could sit on Main Street and not see a car pass by on midnights. You know, you're not going to see a car pass by for an hour. Right. Right. <laughs> and so there was just not the traffic that you, that we have today. There's a, the, the traffic is much different. And, uh, you know, I've really got to see Mansfield grow and it has done just that. A, a lot of growth. There was a time in um, in the late 80s, I guess, not really late 80s, mid, mid 80s that uh, we're in the briefing room and they're bringing us new map pages Almost weekly because there's so much growth in our city and yeah. and we had map books back then and uh, and so hey add this to your map book uh, because it was a new subdivision that was coming in or a new street that was cut so we had to be aware of those streets obviously and uh, but yeah it was it was a regular occurrence of of the growth of the city and and then us trying to keep up with it 
And is the department growing at the same pace that the city is growing? Yeah, and it's one of those things that you have to strategically look at of, of how do we grow how do we grow operations alongside of the city and and anticipate and anticipate what the growth is going to look like because it's a domino effect and and if we're going to hire a new officer for an example it's it's almost a year uh, for us to realize that new officer on the street meaning that we go through the hiring process they go through the academy and then they go through the training process and and for all that to occur it's about 51 weeks and so it's a year right Right, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's not a week or so. No, it's it's it, really tough to it's really tough to hire police officers who are already certified. You know, they already have a career started somewhere else, and uh, to get those those folks over, it's it's a lot tougher than than hiring a person that's just getting into law enforcement. But the trade offs are just that. It, it it takes you a lot longer to to get somebody up to speed. You started as an officer. What were the different ranks that you held? prior to becoming the police chief? Well, I actually started in, in Everman as a reserve officer. Okay. And I came to Mansfield as a full-time officer. So then what happens is you go from a, you go from an officer uh, to, back in those days, it was corporals. We no longer have corporals, but um, it's, it's corporals, then sergeants, lieutenants, uh, captains, assistant chiefs, and then chiefs. How long were you an officer? Well, golly, I had to think about that. Uh, gosh, I, I asked the tough questions. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, w- I want to say about fifteen, about about ten or fifteen years before I moved into uh, maybe about ten years before I moved into a sergeant's row, and and our structure was a little bit different then. I went from a sergeant to a commander, okay, and then uh, a commander uh, uh, to a chief over the jail, and then um, a chief over the jail. To the police chief. So officers don't always become detectives. The, and how does one become a detective? Yeah, so what happens is um, whenever you get into a police department, especially a, a midsize agency, our, our city's considered to be a midsize agency. And uh, whenever you get into an agency like that, what happens is you start, you either start promoting mm-hmm. and, and you go that way, or you or you make a turn and you go to CID, which is Criminal Investigations Division. There's other specialty uh, department uh, units that you could move into as well, but uh, so many times what you'll see is an officer will go into criminal investigations, and they may just stay there. They may decide to not promote, uh, but uh, but we we have had some officers that that will go into criminal investigations for a year or two, maybe four. And then a sergeant's position comes available, and they test for that sergeant's position, and and then they move into the supervisory row. If that makes sense, the CID Criminal Investigation Division. Yes, sir. Is this as similar to what we see on TV as CIS? Well, CIS is is more crime scene investigation. So, ah, gotcha. So within our 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 CID division, there is a crime scene unit, ah. and and that unit is made up of three to four people. And they go out and actually conduct the crime scene. So that's a unit. Could be a sworn uh, police officer or it could be a civilian police officer. Currently, we have a couple of, um, of folks that just specialize in that that are civilians, and they're really, really good at what they do. Speaking of TV, do you ever watch 
police shows on TV? Yeah, you know, it's it's it, funny to watch it, some of that stuff, and you wish that it would happen as fast as it does on I TV. Was, I was going to say, every every case is solved within 60 minutes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, Do you what, have a favorite t- uh, TV show, uh, police show? You know, my old favorite was Hill Street Blues. Of course, yeah. that's that, that show's no longer on, but I used to call that a good training film. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a good movie. But uh, And then, of course, as a kid, everybody had to watch Starsky and Hutch, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, so that you had to do that. Uh, but, uh, so even, even now, I, I, I can't really think of one off the top of my head that's current, but those are the two that, 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 that pop up in my head at the, at the moment. I got to tell you my favorite, because I, I don't really watch a lot of cop shows, but the one I do watch consistently is Blue Bloods. Oh yeah. Where you've got the opinion of an officer, a sergeant, a detective, a chief, and a retired chief all in one episode, and then also including a district attorney, and they're all in the same family. And they sit at the same table. Yes, every that looks Sunday. pretty contentious on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it, it, it would be nice to see that in real life and see how that would work in real life on a Sunday. I've never been a big fan of Tom Selleck until Blue Bloods. And he, he does a great job in that movie. Yeah. It really does. In the show, it there's, there's the compassionate part of him but then there's also the I got to get down and dirty and 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 make some tough decisions. And I would assume that is also part of of what you do. And leading that into your presence in the community is that not only your presence, but the presence of the police department in general is has become very favorable. You've got, for instance, I'm going to throw out a name here. Officer Kerr mm-hmm. is always present. He's like the omnipresent uh, police officer. And he's. He's always involved with the community. He's always wearing a smile. And in fact, I think he was out at Walmart yesterday doing something with the, the, the Boy Scouts. Right. Talk about the presence of the police department in the community and how important that is. You know, I think that starts with hiring the right people to begin with. Yeah. And so we go through an extensive background process and an interview process. And, and then lastly, I meet with absolutely every person that I hire, regardless of which division that they're in. If it's an animal control officer and they work for me, I'm going to meet with them before they're hired. And we talk a lot about what the culture of the department is, what the culture of our city is, and expectations. And to to make it simple, what I tell my police officers is I want you to drive around the neighborhoods with your windows down. I want you to look for opportunities to engage our citizens. And uh, all the way down to if you see somebody that's moving their trash can to the curb and it looks like they're having trouble, I expect you to stop your car and go help them with that trash can. And and, I, and I've said that to say that has got to be – that's got to cover all bases, right? You know, the, the, the person that stops and helps somebody on the side of the road change a flat – that's right. easy. Yeah. But the rest of the stuff is, are we really engaging our community? But I, something as simple as a an officer on patrol sees a couple of kids playing basketball in their driveway, and the next thing you know, they're getting out of their car, and they're joining them for to, to shoot some hoops. Yep. And we encourage that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's all about empowering your people to be able to do that so they know that that's an expectation, right? Because those same those same kids later on could be a witness to a crime that they feel much more comfortable talking to those officers now because they have a little bit of a relationship with them. And right. and, and that's what it's about. It's about building it's about building relationships in our community and building bridges. And, and so you, you mentioned Kerr, what uh, where, where Kerr shines 
is he is exactly where he is supposed to be. He's in our community resource division. Right. So so he really gets to do what he what he loves to do. God has put him exactly where he is supposed to be. <laughs> and and as you said, he he uses him on a daily basis. He really does. So uh, uh, another thing that that we get to do is is look for places that people fit the best. Right. And, uh, and you know what, Kerr is a great he's a great police officer. And but he really shines in that position that he's in. And the presence at Hometown Holidays just a couple of weeks ago, one of the first officers that I ran into was Officer Kerr, uh, the only officer that I saw wearing a Santa hat and talking with him. I got to tell you a story that came out of Hometown Holidays, okay. uh, because a lot of uh, there were some grumbling w- uh, amongst downtown residents. How do I get in? How do I get out? How to, so he told me a story of an elderly downtown resident couldn't figure out how to get out of the neighborhood because he wanted to go to the local hardware store. And Officer Kerr was trying to explain to him, well, you know, if you take it this and this, well, you know, you try to explain that to someone in their 70s or 80s, they may not get it. Sure. The police department actually ran the errands for him. You pre- I don't know if you heard this story. No, I heard the story, and but that's and, but but that's all about empowering your people to be able to do the right thing at the end of the day, right? Uh, and you know, I can tell those stories exactly the way you've told it for multiple different officers. I had a female officer that came across a lady that was broke down on the side of the two eighty seven. Mm-hmm. She gets up there, her battery's bad, and she's from out of town, so. She could have easily said, you need to call AAA, but she didn't do that. What she did is she helped her get her battery out of her car, took her up to the auto parts store, got her another battery, came over, put it back in her car, and she was and she was off down the roadway. I mean, they're, they're problem solvers, and, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for problem solvers that now, – now we're going to run a roadside assistance program. No, we can't do that, obviously. Right. But what we can do is we can fix little issues that pop up exactly like what you're talking about. That just is it just takes common sense to make that decision. Well, it goes back to the the motto, serve and protect. Sure. You're serving the, the community and the, the just a little amount of goodwill does a tremendous amount of of, of goodwill for the for the, uh, for the department. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I think I heard a. I heard a statistics one time, and I'm a statistic guy. I heard a statistics one time that said that if you do something good, they only tell two people. But if you do something bad, they tell 12 people. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and so think about all the good things that we have to do to actually get a message out. And and, and, and that's one of the things that's it's tough because I really believe that uh, that we have some absolutely outstanding men and women that serve the Mansfield Police Department. They're, they're, they're very well trained and... Uh, and they get it. They just really get serving their community. And, and, I, and I tell new recruits all the time that our officers really have buy-in in our community, and they truly do. Talk about the different divisions that are within the Mansfield Police Department. I know there's SWAT, there's K-9. There's, in fact, even the, the animal control, uh, the, the pound is is managed by the police department. Yes, sir. So the different uh, the different departments within the Mansfield Police Department. So the police departments broke down into divisions and then units. Okay. And so below a division could be a unit. SWAT, for an example, is a unit. So we have a SWAT team, a negotiator team. 
I have to stop for a second and mention that uh, our our both of our teams are very well trained, but our negotiator team uh, they compete in competitions every year with other SWAT teams, state and nationally, and and they have been recognized several times for j- just the training and the abilities that they have. Uh, and we're being compared to much bigger agencies, but they do an absolutely great job. SWAT team is the exact same way. They, they do a great job. Uh, you mentioned ACO. That's that's a division of the police department. And uh, Animal control. Yes, sir. Okay. Animal control. I, I should have said that. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, uh, criminal investigations division. So below the criminal investigation division is a, is a unit called the criminalistics. And that's what you're talking about in terms of, of crime scene. And so... They're not only processing crime scenes, but they're but they're also behind the scenes processing those. Um, you know, uh, latent print experts. We have two of them on staff in that unit mm-hmm. that uh, that that that's that's went through an enormous amount of training to to be able to decipher fingerprints and so forth. You had mentioned the CSI movies that you watch. Yeah, it'd be nice to to plop that in there and and see exactly what it is. But you still have to have an expert verify those. And uh, and that's what our folks are, are are capable of doing, so it's really nice. <clears throat> and uh, uh, we we also manage the uh, uh, the task force, so the auto burglary uh, theft task force that right. I'm sure you're familiar with. So that's a task force that we manage as as a Mansfield Police Department, but it encompasses other agencies like uh, Burleson's a participant, a participant. Uh, uh, Menelothian, Kennedale. Tarrant County, Kennedale, mm-hmm. all of those folks come together to send an officer to those units, uh, to that particular unit, and combat that issue of, of theft and burglary of vehicles. So that it's actually funded from the state through a, through a grant fund. fund. And, um, and that's based out of the MADC building, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you renew your insurance, on the back of your insurance card, it says there's $2 that of that fee that goes to fund that task force that's exactly what that is okay and so uh everybody's paying for that at the end of the day but uh they do an incredible job uh, you know whenever you see a skid stair going down the road statistically uh about six of those six out of ten of those are stolen and uh, people don't realize that but they all have the same key they all have the exact same key oh, wow. and but what's different about them is they all have a unique uh vehicle identification number right so um uh, our guys do a really good job tracking those down and recovering them, and and they know how to investigate those cases. They're very, very, very special. Uh, whenever they look at those, so you took a pretty straightforward line from officer up the up the ladder to to chief. Is there a division or a unit that you wish you had worked in that you bypassed on the on the way up uh, the ladder? You know, I got to see a lot of different divisions and units. We had a mounted patrol one time, and I was actually on the mounted patrol, and and I was one of the founding members of our negotiating team whenever we whenever we ramped it up years ago. And uh, I wish I'd have spent more time in in criminal investigations. I just really helped out in, in CID. But uh, but yeah, as you as you look back at those and and uh, and you think about, man, I wish I would have done this more yeah. or done that more. And one of the things that intrigued me is whenever I whenever I took over the jail, I used to think, man, I definitely don't want to work in the jail. But after I got in the jail, what I found was that that there is some incredibly hardworking people in the jail. Back then, we had our we had the Fort Worth contract and the federal contract, and so we were. 
we were processing about a hundred inmates a day, believe it or not, wow. in Mansfield, Texas. I mean, it was it's a, it was an incredible uh, it was incredible to watch how this moved. It moved better than any factory that you would ever see because you know there's three meals a day that has to be served. There's mm-hmm. cell checks that has to be done, and then just taking care of people. I mean, it was a it was a big deal, and uh, and our folks did an incredible job at it. So after I got in there and and thought about, well, you know, what can we do to make it better than what it is? Um, I worked with the team there, and we did just that. It wasn't anything that I particularly did, but but uh, but it was but it was certainly nice to to be a part of that. And the jail still operates, but just at the municipal level, is that right? Uh, yes, sir. We we operate just as a municipal jail, so that means that we take care of <clears throat> Kennedale. We also take care of Burleson and the ISD police, and okay. then we have a and then we take care of the hospital police whenever they have a, a need arise. Chief Aaron, what's the most difficult part of your job? You know, I think the probably for me personally, the most difficult part is um, uh, being in all the places that I want to be in. Yeah. You know, I want to be in a lot of different places, and there's only one of me. And so, um, I worked really hard when I when I first moved into this position to forge some relationships in our community, and and I think it's important that we do that. I think this position, regardless who holds it. That's that's one of the major things they should do. They should also realize that the most uh, the biggest asset that you have in any police department is your people. Uh, that's uh, that's that's got to be that's got to be an understanding that you know that that is your biggest asset. But with that, you, you want to be around those people, and uh, and you also want to continue to foster those relationships in the community. Right. So it's uh, it's it's early mornings and late nights to be in all those different places and. And uh, and and I keep having people tell me, "Hey, you need to slow down," but you know, you it's hard Learn to do to that. delegate. Yeah, well, <laughs> you, I, I do a lot of that. I have three assistant chiefs that that, that get a lot of delegation. But uh, but at the end of the day, you know, there's so many of those conversations that just like this one, you know, you're you're wanting to hear that from me, and I want you to hear that from me. Right. And so, uh, but it's but it's also circling back and 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 talking to the community to, to express my appreciation for the community support, and and, and then having the time to to communicate with our own folks to to tell them how much that I appreciate them and and even listen to concerns on both sides and try to try to forge some relationships there. Yeah, I always see you at city council meetings. Yes, sir. And and I thought, you know, an officer could probably stand there and and watch. Yeah, and that's what you're doing is watch uh, yeah, a lot of times at the city council meetings. So we have a security detail that's at the council meetings, but I'm there more so for to answer questions. Okay. You know, if there's a question that comes up out of something that's on the agenda, then I want to be there to be able to answer that question. Now, you know, our new, uh, the city manager Joe Smolinski, he is uh, he's he's pretty adamant about hey, if you there's nothing anything on the agenda, you don't necessarily need to be there. Uh, but I also want to pr- provide support too. So, yeah. if there's a question that comes up about the police department, I want to be there to to, to answer it. So I I watch the agenda, and uh, and if there's something on the agenda, then then more than likely you'll see me there. You come here today, this morning, uh, we are recording this on December 9th. Um, you come here fully dressed in uniform. Do you dress in uniform every day? Pretty regularly. Yeah, not every day, but pretty regularly. And which also includes the uh, a, a pretty spectacular belt. And I would assume you're wearing a, uh, a bulletproof vest. Yes, sir. Uh, describe describe what's going on around you and and how much extra weight 
And I would assume every officer is wearing similar gear as well. So yeah, absolutely. What's the, involved? The, the street officers are are probably even carrying a few extra things that uh, that that uh, that I'm not carrying just because I'm not on the street. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad you're asking that question because it's a valid question. A lot of people don't think about it. It's about 32 to 35 pounds more than what you have on. Yeah. <laughs> so between your bulletproof vest, that's and we have a we have a mandatory vest policy that says that if you're in uniform, that then you're going to be wearing a, a vest. Sure. And uh, has a front and back panel, and so that's that's heavy in itself. And then just your your gun belt uh, with all your tools on it, that's heavy in itself. So, so yeah, it's it's thirty two to thirty five pounds worth of gear, and that's minimum. Some again, some folks have even more equipment on their belt. And so, training is a major part of physical training is a major part of becoming a police officer. And I would assume there's are there training tests throughout the uh, throughout a, an officer's career. Oh yeah, so you you start in the academy and yep. you're learning the traffic laws and and techniques and so forth, traffic and criminal laws and techniques and so forth, and and then of course whenever you make it into the police department, then you're in a field training position. So means that you're with a field training officer, and day one, the field training officer is a hundred percent in charge and responsible for everything. As time goes by, the the responsibility shifts to the recruit until the recruit is 100% responsible for everything that's happening and the FTO is just observing. And so once that process is complete... I'm going to... FTO, field training officer? Field training officer. Yes, I'm sorry. Okay, that's all right. So the field training officer, as (laughs) you're looking for that responsibility to shift because the, the, the recruit is learning how to do the job, so after we get through an extensive field training, uh, then they then they still have a check ride with their lieutenant or their captain, and uh, and then we put them in another four weeks of mentorship. So it's a it's a long process, but but the goal is is to have an an incredible officer that's that's well trained whenever they get out of that. So when they get out of that training, then the officers are still required to come to the range at least once a month, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's to shoot different scenarios that the range master has put together. There'll be shoot, don't shoot scenarios. Could be a qualification uh, time at that particular time, or it could be a qualification at night. So the state mandates that that we do at least two qualifications per year, but but I really like it that we, we, we put our folks on the range once a month. We not only do that, but we put them in a simulator. So we bought a simulator through a grant a few years back, and uh, – and so it, it gets you into some scenarios, shoot, don't shoot scenarios that officers are able to go through and train on. And so it's all about repetition and what that training looks like. And we know from experience that you're always going to sink to the lowest level of your training in a critical incident. Right. So it's important for us to keep a person in, 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 in training as much as we can to facilitate facilitate that at the end. And part of that training, I think I've seen right across the street is the old Pier 1 building. And I think your officers have used that for for training as well. Yeah. So what they're doing over there is they're doing some building search training. And it's probably going to be a a lot of times what will happen is we'll we'll reserve a space like that to uh, provide an area for our SWAT team to, to train on. So they're training on building entry and clearing particular rooms and uh, and approaching suspects and those kinds of things. You've had a tough day. You go home at night. 
what's the scenario for Tracy Aaron? Are you putting on some music? Are you, you know, you, you escaping by way of a movie or uh, how do you, how do you decompress? My wife and I, we, we love to go to a movie. That's, that's, that's one place that you can decompress. And it feels like that, that, uh, uh, that you can, that you can get a few minutes by yourself and actually concentrate on something else different because otherwise you're receiving text messages or phone calls and, oh, yeah. and those kinds of things. So, uh, so yeah, we really enjoy going to the movies. Uh, one of the, one of the things we, we enjoy the most is, is going to the lake. So if it's during the summertime, you're, you're going to see us at a lake and, uh, on a boat, hopefully yeah. and doing some skiing and so forth with our, with our grandkids. That's the, the, uh, the new exercise now is teaching our grandbabies how to surf. Really? Uh, yep. We were pretty successful with that last year. And, uh, so we'll continue that exercise this next summer as well. Are you a traveler? Do you like to travel? But, uh, you know, with all the restrictions in place right now, it makes right. it a little bit more tough. Right. But uh, we have really been fortunate in our life to, to visit a lot of different places. I, I mentioned that I was a uh, mission director for our church for about six years. And one of the things that we got to do that, uh, that was a lot of fun is go to Belize. Nice. You know, that may sound like, well, it's a vacation spot, and it really is. But but we got to go into the uh, uh, into the areas that really needed help in Belize, and had an opportunity to help build some churches there, and uh, and work in some churches, and had a great time. But uh, but yeah, that, we love that place. I was going to ask, what's the favorite place? The best place you've ever been in the world? Would that be? Gosh, I, I think it has to be Belize. You know, we've been to Hawaii uh, yeah. on our uh, on our twenty fifth wedding anniversary, and uh, and we still. We still liked Belize at the at the end of the day. Belize is at yeah. the top of the list. Yeah. That's not a. That's uh, a place I have not been to, but yes. uh, it's it's on my list. I would encourage you to take some time and go there. It's time for shout outs. Okay, the microphone is yours. If you want to shout out anybody and and give them a a, 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 a hey or or a, a little bit of praise, um, who who do you want to shout out? You know, I would have to shout out to our 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 police department team. You know, we've got a lot of unsung heroes behind the scenes that you don't hear and see about much. And some of those are our dispatchers. You know, we, we have our, our dispatchers doing an incredible job. And and uh, and what happens is people don't think about is that they're on the other end of the line. They're the first person that that a victim talks to when they need help. And and it's and it's got to be stressful for the dispatchers to not able not be able to go help them themselves. And they're relying on the team to go and help them. So uh, our dispatchers are incredibly important to our team, as as well as our midnight officers, who we don't get to see during the day that much. Right. They do an incredible job, you know, keeping our city safe. But and our and our detectives, uh, they do a great job as well. And but so many times you you don't see those. You know, you mentioned that you see Kerr. Uh, and then you see his smiling face, right. and he's in a division that you're supposed to see his smiling face. But uh, but the other folks behind the scenes, they do an incredible job. So my shout out goes to each and every one of those. So thank you for giving me an opportunity for that. Absolutely. And you talk about the dispatchers. Can you tell the listeners the difference between a when someone should dial nine one one versus the non emergency phone number? Well, I'll, I'll, let's make this announcement. The non-emergency number is four seven three zero two one one. But when in doubt, dial nine one one. I mean, and, and the easiest thing to say is, 
if you're having to think about it, dial 911. We have multiple 911 uh, lines, and and we're going to address those very quickly, and we're going to get them dispatched quickly. But uh, uh, what I don't want to do is waste time thinking about should I dial 911. Yeah. Chief Aaron, what's your favorite ice cream? Gosh, now you're going to put me on the spot. So <laughs> it's chocolate almond. I thought everybody liked chocolate almond. Chocolate almond. Yes. Is that not everybody's favorite? Or is it just mine? Uh, some people mention chocolate. I don't think almonds ever come into oh, place. Oh, yeah. You got to have chocolate almond. That's Any particular brand? Well, I thought there was, I thought there was only one brand, and that was Bluebell. There you go. Bluebell chocolate almond. That's got to be it. That's got to be a trivia question next time. We'll work that in. Yeah, get that in. What there. is Chief Aaron's favorite ice cream? Yeah, all right. It's t- uh, the time of the uh, the interview. It's called the lightning round. Everyone who sits in that chair, including uh, your city manager, including the superintendent of schools, has gone through the lightning round. It's a very okay. simple exercise of this or that. Okay. And if you're ready, let's do it. Night or day? Night or day? Day. I think you already answered this question, but we'll uh, we'll go with it anyways. Movie theater or Netflix? Movie theater. Train or plane? Plane. City or country? Country. Skydiving or bungee jumping? Skydiving. Have you ever been? No. No. Barbecue or tacos? Tacos. Although you got to admit, brisket tacos. Uh, uh, and I was automatically putting that together whenever you said barbecue and tacos. <laughs> I was just going to do the, the brisket tacos. London or Paris? Wow. I think I have to do Paris. 70s or 90s? 90s. Thor's hammer or lightsaber? Thor's hammer. SpaceX or Tesla? Tesla. Why? Well, because I have a Tesla. Nice. So there's there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy Aaron, like I said, it's been uh, I've wanted you on this on this podcast for many many months, and we've uh, finally great that our schedules matched and and that you were able to come in. It's been great getting to know you on a personal level. I've like I said, and and we've talked about we see each other around the community but really didn't know much about each other. And, and it's been a pleasure having you on About Mansfield. I sincerely appreciate the opportunity and I appreciate the invite. And I, more than anything, I appreciate the patience. Uh, if, there's, if there's something in the future that you would like to talk about, please let me know. Coming up next week, we will talk in studio with Mansfield author, Rosemarie Caldavino Damana about her new children's book. This is also the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to follow this podcast. Subscribe, share, love, support if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise. We thank you for listening on behalf of the entire news team. Happy New Year. I'm Steve Casillo, and this is About Mansfield. Mansfield.